The Norwegian Vikings are the ones that usually when you talk about the Vikings, this is really where most people see the Vikings. They can best be described as crazed warriors because that's kind of essentially what they were. When you have the scenes that you see of these crazed Vikings with their axes in combat, these are usually the scenes from the Norwegian Vikings. Hi, this is Anita from the Dusty Roads podcast, which is all about living life as a global citizen. Today, we want to go to Europe. And in particular, we want to go way back in Europe to when the Danes, the Swedish, and Norwegian Vikings were in power in that part of the world. What's really interesting for me, and and I guess maybe I'm like a lot of people, when I've thought about the Vikings, I somehow thought of the Vikings as just being one you know, homogeneous group of people, that there was only just really one type of Viking. But the truth is that there were really three different groups of Vikings. There were the Norwegians, the Danes, and the Swedes. And though each of these groups had some similarities, there's also quite a few differences between each of them and um, what their focus was and, and how they operated. You know, although the Vikings were all Scandinavian, at this time, there was no consistent form of government or anything we would consider to be a nation state in this part of the world. The Vikings all spoke a similar languages, but there were some regional differences. You know, even today, Norwegian, Swedish, and Danish can have a lot of similar words and there might be a lot of similarities, but there's different pronunciations and different accents. And though, you know, a Swede may understand a Norwegian or Norwegian, a, a Dane, vice versa. They may or may not really depend upon the accent from where that person's from. So like a lot of places around the world, the language is quite complicated and it doesn't mean that they really communicated to each other, communicated well. The Vikings too all traveled in many different directions. They didn't all travel. These groups didn't all travel to the same place. They all traveled um, different ways and they had different focuses about it. You know, a lot of times when we think about the Vikings, we think about these, you know, powerful, strong, blonde hair, blue-eyed men with their axes and going to battle and, you know, being extremely violent. And yes, that's true for many of them, but there's also, there's, there's, um, it's also not true for all of the groups. So even though the Vikings were all, you know, very similar, there's also a lot of different differences. So today we're going to talk a little bit about these three differences of these different Viking groups. The first one is the Danes or the Danish Vikings. The Danish Vikings were the ones that had the most political clout behind them. They actually had the king of Denmark or the Danish king played a very significant role in the Viking invasions. The Danes were also the politically strongest of all the Vikings. They had basically a backing of a government and or or some kind of you know sovereign state behind them. Even at the time, if it wasn't really Denmark as we know it today, but they still had a backing behind them with some political clout. They were also the first of the three groups to convert to Christianity. The Danish Vikings converted to Christianity in the ninth century. And they're their focus was basically to discover and was also on pilferage, you know, of the West. So they, you know, would go to a place and they would, you know, violently take it over. And, you know, but their main focus was really on France and England and in parts of the Mediterranean area. 
It was the Danish Vikings that actually helped to form what we know today as the country of Denmark. So they did play a political role within the formation of Denmark itself, um, you know, probably because they had the backing of the King of Denmark and had that political clout. The Swedish Vikings were a little different than the Danish Vikings. The Swedish Vikings were very different than the Danes and the Norwegians, where, you know, the Danes and Norwegians tend to go more towards the West. The Swedish Vikings actually went to the East and they traveled along um, some of the rivers in Europe. They were also the last of all of the Vikings to, to convert to Christianity. So they remained pagan for a long time and only converted to Christianity in the 12th century. So you think about that. The Danes converted in the 9th century. The Swedes converted in the 12th century. So there's quite a few centuries between those two when, by the time Scandinavia had converted to Christianity. The Swedish Vikings were considered to be excellent explorers and traders. But they were not as violent as the Danes or the Norwegian Vikings. From archaeological uh, discoveries, it seems that one of their primary focuses was trade. So they'd established trade routes into the Middle East and around the Black Sea area. They were also known to terrorize a lot of groups around the Baltic, but their focus seemed to be more on trade and not just uh, pilferage. And I'm not going to, I don't want to say here that they didn't do any pilferage because they did. They didn't do violent attacks because obviously they did. But it seemed like their focus was a little bit more on trade than some of the other groups of the Vikings that were traveling during this time. You know, because so they were still terrorizing people, but they actually had a focus which was more on trade of, of goods and other things. The Norwegian Vikings are the ones that usually when you talk about the Vikings, this is really where most people see the Vikings. They can best be described as crazed warriors because that's kind of essentially what they were. When you have the scenes that you see of these crazed Vikings with their axes in combat, these are usually the scenes from the Norwegian Vikings. Archaeological evidence also shows that the Norwegian Vikings were a powerful group of Vikings. They were feared. The Vikings that had the axes and were extremely violent and were not afraid to go into battle. They were also some of the best boat builders and sailors. And so these skills gave them the advantage of having some of the best boats and some of the best navigators out there. They were excellent explorers. And they're known to have sailed to Iceland, Greenland, and many believe also to the America. So, you know, maybe it wasn't really Columbus that discovered America after all, but these um, Norwegian Vikings. Unlike their uh, Danish counterparts, they didn't immediately embrace Christianity and they remained pagan for a while, but they did actually, you know, embrace it sooner than the Swedish Vikings did. You know, it's really interesting to, to understand a little bit about these Vikings because it shows that way back during this time that Sweden, Norway, and Denmark were actually separate groups of people and a separate kind of country. That, you know, as the Vikings, you know, that eventually actually helped separate these and to make them all into different countries. You know, so when a lot of people think of Scandinavia, a lot of times they sort of, you know, lump all these countries sort of together and think that they're, you know, one or they're, they're all very much the same. Where the truth is that Norway, Sweden, and Denmark have all had very, um, you know, different histories from the very beginning, almost, you know, from the time 
when the Vikings were, that each of these Vikings were sort of different groups of individuals and were not exactly the same group, even way back then. And so even though they had some similarities, there were some very, very uh, marked differences between each of the groups. So when we think of the Vikings, it's not so easy just to say that all the groups were crazed explore, crazed warriors, but they were also explorers, they were traders, and they were also the warriors that were going on. That, you know, a lot of people look upon the Vikings as kind of a bit of a pirate group from Scandinavia. And yes, there was sort of like this sort of like this pirate attitude with them, um, you know, for their, you know, for some of their motives and how they did the fridge and other things. But yet at the same time, they actually became a very important um, group that made changes throughout this part of the world. In fact, in Scandinavia, the term Viking you can also have a term for like a word that means pirate. But actually, it's really meant to, to reference an overseas expedition, you know, where, you know, men were traditionally, they took time out in the summers to go, you know, as a Viking, or they would, you know, maybe leave their homes and their families, and they'd go off and they'd explore. You know, many, um, you know, there, there are some people who really feel like some of the um, expeditions until the raiding of monasteries and cities along the coast. But for many of them, like the Swedes, you know, the goal was really trade and being able to enlist foreign mercenaries. So it's really not so easy or it's not so simple to say that the uh, Vikings goal was only to be able to just, you know, be these crazed warriors with these axes and to go along and to kill people. There are many different reasons why the Vikings went out. There are many things which the Vikings all have in common, and there's many things which we as historians or others um, maybe don't quite understand. But if any of you have ever been to Scandinavia, especially to Norway and to Sweden, and in the north of that part of the world in the winter, you know how very cold and dark it can become. I went to school many years ago in Sundsvall, Sweden, and I remember that when we left for school, this was when I was in high school, we would leave like at nine in the morning, it was dark. When I came back in the afternoon, it was dark. Everyone would try to go outside during lunchtime just to see the sun. We were constantly in the wintertime living pretty much in the dark and in the cold. It was constantly dark. So in a way, you can maybe understand why some of the Vikings would take off from this part of the world and would say, we're going to go explore another part of the world. For many of them, there was a belief that it might have been some economic necessity, that they would go to these other parts of the world and that they would you know, try to get some of the food and other things, including slaves, and they would um, take treasures that they could be able to bring home to be able to survive for another year. What's interesting about the Vikings is that even though the Vikings went to these places, they generally didn't stay, you know, as much as they would return home to their own country. That, you know, this this was this was really um, kind of an interesting fact that most of them would eventually come back um, to their own country. And it seems that for many of them, they went out to do this, this uh, pilferage and other things as probably a mean of economic survival. 
Winter in Scandinavia was harsh. It was hard for them to survive. And they simply, like many of us today, wanted to be able to have a way for their families and their loved ones to be able to survive. So even though how unforgiving their homeland must have been, most Vikings still returned to their homeland at the end of each season, but then they would return back with treasures, slaves, and even goods to survive yet another cold and dark and fierce winter. So really, a lot of the Vikings, they they did this in order to survive and to be able to feed their families. And this is where it really becomes very interesting. At the, at the end of the day, when we look at groups like the Vikings, a lot of times we think like, oh, what a brutal and, and terrible group they are. But it, at the, but if you were in their position and if you had a family and you could hardly survive through a cold and dark winter, maybe you would do something similar to do whatever you could to ensure that your family would not starve to death and would be able to make it through one more winter. The other thing about these Vikings is in a lot of ways, they were really like, they were explorers, they were adventurers, they were um, somebody who really wanted to go overseas and maybe see another part of the world. They were made up of the land-owning chieftains, clan heads, um, you know, maybe some of their slaves, their freemen, maybe some energetic young clan members who wanted to seek an adventure overseas. At home, these Scandinavians were were not really like they weren't these brutal, you know, axe swinging type of individuals. They were usually independent farmers. But at sea, they were raiders and pillagers. You know, during the um, the Viking period, it seems like these Scandinavian countries, you know, must have possessed a practic, um, you know, a practicality and an inexhaustible amount of manpower, and the um, you know men to be able to lead them, because you know so many of them died along the way and never did return to their own lands. You know, so they were. Uh, but at the same time, they were these organized group of warriors who were conquering bands and armies, and they never seemed to be lacking. They, they kept going out, you know, um, you know, year after year, time after time, they kept going um, out on these different adventures and onto these, to these different expeditions. But there's one thing that we do know about these so-called barbaric Vikings or Scandinavians is they did leave their mark upon the world. So here are some things that we have gained through the Vikings. One would be advances in shipbuilding and navigation. The Vikings were able to build ships that could go faster and further than any other ships during the time. They were excellent shipbuilders. They were excellent navigators. They were able to um, build these sleek wooden vessels that were able to go, that were faster, lighter, and more flexible and easily maneuverable than any other ship at its time. So really, we owe to the Vikings the advancement of shipbuilding during their day. Another thing we owe is the language, that um, the Vikings left a permanent mark upon languages. In particular, when the Vikings invaded the British islands or the British Isles, they left a permanent impact on the land culture and the language. As the Vikings interacted with their English 
neighbors, first through farming and trading activities, and later through intermarriage. The two languages, Old Norse and Old English, mix well together. So actually, the Vikings, we need to thank for some of the English language, which we have today. The next is Dublin. That We have the city of Dublin because of the Vikings. So we owe the capital of the Emerald Isles to the Vikings, who founded the first recorded settlement on the south bank of the river in AD 841. So we really need to thank the Vikings for Dublin, Ireland. The next one, which is very interesting, is skis. That some of the oldest known skis date uh, back between 8,000 to 700 BC were discovered in Russia. But it was really the Vikings who had the tradition of the skis and who understood the principle of skiing to be able to move, um, you know, to move over the snow and to other areas. So really, we need to thank the Vikings for the skis and the use of the skis. And today, when you go to Scandinavia, you can see how practical skis are to be able to travel, um, you know, through some of the woods and other places within Scandinavia itself. A lot of times when we think about the Vikings, we think of them as sort of like these barbarians who probably didn't shave or bathe or, you know, just these sort of rough men who lived together on the boat. But actually, that's not really true at all, that um, they were not the unkept barbarians, that they bathed more frequently than their other Europeans of the day. They would take a dip or bathe at least once a week, and they preferred to in a hot spring, and they actually brought us a comb that it was the Vikings who gave us the comb because they made them a lot of times from antlers of red deer. And they were, you know, very much concerned about their image and about combing their hair and other things like that. So we really need to thank the Vikings also for the combs. And finally, the next thing we need to thank them for is the sagas or the stories that you can imagine the Vikings would come home from their, um, you know, from their adventures, telling lots of stories. And because of them, um, we today have all these different uh, sagas that are written by unknown authors in the 12th, 13th, and 14th century that chronicle the life of the Viking Age, you know, the near around the time of AD 1000. So, you know, the Vikings were not just exactly just barbarians that were out with axes and swinging axes and killing everybody, that they also had a great impact on Europe and on life in Europe for its day. And that is why understanding the Vikings is important to understand a lot of Scandinavia. Thank you so much for listening to the Dusty Roads podcast, which is all about living your life as a global citizen. Check out our blog, abusonadustyroad.com. We'll put a link below in the description so that you can easily find it. If you have any questions or anything that you'd like to hear us discuss, we'd certainly love to hear from you. Feel free to go to our contact page on our blog and to find out more about ways you can contact us. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will share this with your friends and also subscribe to our podcast. <music>